Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is the 12th of October. Yes, it, it's spoopy month right now. <laughs> Um, and we just got snow a few days ago. It was 80 the day before it snowed, and then it was probably somewhere in the 30s the very next day. We got that temperature drop by a, I don't know if a windstorm is quite a thing, but it was a freak one at that. It's really, really quite windy, and I just, and the day after, when I woke up, I thought I was in Alaska for a second. I was like, why, why, oh, right, we were getting, we were actually getting snow. The weather people were right this time. <laughs> Anyway, though, enough of that. Let's talk about some news. Mountain squeezes a whopping 684 horsepower out of Ford's 2.3 liter EcoBoost engine. Artisan Spirits gives Toyota 86 a fresh look and a and an A90s sorry and a 90s super style wing. I, I'm sorry, I was thrown off. I thought they meant A90 because it has a sort of A90 looking wide body kit on it, which is excellent, by the way. 2020 Porsche 911 GT3 Touring will be your wingless manual dream machine. 2020 Supra recalled again by BMW alongside its own models and even some Rolls Royces. 1992 VW Passat Variant 2.8 VR6 is the sleeper wagon you can afford. Is it here in the US? Doesn't look like it. The $88,480 Renault Megane RS Trophy R is, ridic is ridiculously expensive. Is it worth it, though? No? I mean, look, I'm not saying that it's probably not a one, just an incredibly awesome machine. But 88000 for a hot hatch is too much. And I know that, I know that a Viper in Europe, a Gen 5, would be a lot more expensive because of, ta because of taxes and stuff. But a Viper would be about as fast as this. Maybe faster. Certainly so once you get a few add-ons, like the... Advanced Aero Package, which is really just a TA Aero, but still, that, and some better tires, and there you go. You'd have a just as capable, if not faster, track machine. It won't be able to haul as many people, but that's a better, that's a better way to spend your $88,000, or $88,000, $88,000 whatever, than on a hot hatch. And don't get me wrong, I love hot hatches, but hot hatches are supposed to be fast fun that's affordable. And 88000 is affordable, but for a hot hatch, that's that's ludicrous. That's absolutely insane. It may be good. You can get an old 911 for that money. And they and it might not be as fast, but it might also be better to drive. That Renault may be fantastic, but it's not. I don't think it's worth 88000 Lexus's hybrid models get an extended battery warranty for the 2020 model year. Euro NCAP tests. Test new BMW 1, ser 1 and 3 Series, Peugeot 208, and Jeep Cherokee. 2024, Talento boasts new engine and becomes more connected. Speaking of Mopars, before I forget, in a little while, we're going to be tackling the Charger Wide Body, well, the Charger Scat Pack Wide Body and the Charger Hellcat Wide Body pricing. That's right, it's out. Not just yet, though. We're probably going to cover it once we take the, well, after the first break. Renault could kill the Clio RS and replace it with a hot electric Zoe, or Zoe RS. I sure hope not. I want a Zoe RS, don't get me wrong. I don't want it to replace the Clio, though. That would be a shame, and I think another, although perhaps minimal coffin in the 
internal combustion engine world, I suppose. Tesla encourages California owners to charge cars before power outages. The see, you know what the flaw is with that though. To me, that that's Tesla assuming people are gonna know when the when the power will be out. People don't know when the power is out until it goes out. I know as such, the power goes out here pretty randomly. Unless look, unless people in California get like a like an Amber Alert heads up, like, hey, the power is gonna go out in five minutes. You are not gonna have five minutes to charge your Tesla up to any usable battery battery percentage. More importantly, a five minute warning is that's kind of that would be kind of pitiful assuming that happens which honestly i bet you it doesn't chevrolet silverado goes off-road racing to become tougher all-electric porsche macan to use audi slash porsche ppe platform the new electric porsche macan will be sold alongside the ice version for a couple of years reckless driving cited as reason for crash that injured kevin hart yeah no duh Ford dealer launches God, Guns, and America campaign, which gives customers a gun and a Bible. Dodge says Mustang and Camaro owners are buying chargers. Dodge believes the charger is appealing to muscle car owners wanting some additional practicality. Used vehicles are getting more expensive, and the situation isn't expected to improve until 2022. Feels bad. Pininfarina crossover reportedly coming next year will battle the Lamborghini Urus. Dyson's decision to abandon its electric vehicle should serve as warning to startups. Except Tesla, I suppose. Well, they're not really a startup anymore, but for a time, they absolutely were. Toyota extends hybrid warranty to 10 years and 150,000 miles. You know what? Let's get to that. Let's get to that campaign. I'm, I'm too excited for it. Dealerships use all sorts of tactics to drum up sales. But one in South Carolina... Oh, you know what? That does make a little bit of sense is raising eyebrows for their unusual promotion. Dubbed the God Guns in America campaign, the promotion will give buyers a Bible, an American flag, and a Smith & Wesson rifle. Given the promotion comes on the heels of mass shootings, not everyone is a fan. Makes sense. However, Carolina Ford General Manager Derek Hughes says it's been a hit with customers. As he told the Detroit Free Press, we've had multiple people take advantage of the promotion. Yeah... Yeah, you shouldn't just be giving guns out to people. Yeah, you know, I was actually watching a, I was watching a Tim Pool video recently. They're a political commentator, and there was a journalist. Unfortunately, I can't remember her name or, or the press that she worked for or that publication. But she tried to go to Walmart's to get guns, and it was actually pretty darn difficult. This, <laughs> this would be one of those cases where it's like, yeah, but you can do this to get guns easily, and that, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I mean. Hopefully, they're not going to give one to every single customer. The deal applies to both new and used vehicles. And Hughes said customers have purchased everything from used Dodges to new F-150s. The promotion kicked off earlier this month and runs through November. Needless to say, it's gotten a lot of attention. Reaction on the dealership's Facebook page has been mixed as some are praising Carolina Ford, while others are saying things like, Welcome to the origin of the next mass shooting. While many people appear to assume the dealership is trying to send a political message, Hughes told why WYFF, whoever the mess they are, we are not taking a political stance in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, I doubt that. Instead, he suggested the dealership is full of very patriotic people who believe in our country and salute our military. Unfortunately, that let's say that that isn't a political stance, and that they're just that that's that's really what it is. People are going to take that politically, one way or another. Of course, the dealership isn't just handing out guns to everyone who buys a vehicle from them. Instead, customers are given a voucher 
to a nearby sporting goods store. Okay. Could, okay, that's that's better. That that headline's misleading. Come on, car scoops. What what the mess? Seriously. And if this is a headline that's similar to the one on the Detroit Free Press, both of you should be ashamed. The Ford dealership is not giving is not giving customers the Ford dealership themselves are not giving customers sorry, is not giving customers a gun. They're giving them a voucher to go to a sporting goods store. Now I'm not saying that that's 100% better, but there's a chance that they could still be turned down at that sporting goods store if things don't check out. They, it's not like this Ford dealership has a bunch of guns in the back. They're like, yeah, we want one. You know, when you buy this, you have the option of doing a dealer ordership gun pack. That's fifteen hundred bucks additional. That's not what this is. This title is misleading. Now, I will say this: as someone who has trouble writing headlines, I don't know how you can make this a bit more accurate and keep it, as a guy I know said, clicky. I don't know how you could keep it clicky without being misleading. But it shouldn't be misleading because this is misleading. This makes it sound like they have a bunch. They have a bunch of guns in the back, and they're saying, yeah, have the gun pack with this insert vehicle here for $1,500 extra, and you get a gun and a Bible with you. No. So apparently that's not what ha that's not what's going on right now. So that's good, okay? That is good. They have to, they get, they're given a voucher, and then they go to a nearby sporting goods store. Hopefully not everyone is given the go-ahead from the sketchy people, but this headline is misleading. If a customer wants the gun and passes a, back and a, and passes a background check, they can get it. If they don't want the gun or don't pass the background check, they're free to purchase something else with the voucher. Probably a bow and arrow would be the next thing. Sorry for the long pause there, but I just made the mistake of reading the comment, of reading some of the comment section, or reading some of the comments in, in, for this article, and 2020 VWT7 Multivan Spide will reportedly be based on the MQB platform. Because what isn't right now? What isn't based on the MQB platform? Ring Brothers teases Restomod first-gen Camaro for SEMA. 2020 BMW 5 Series facelift shows subtly updated interior for the first time. Nissan warns that UK factory will become unsustainable in case of no-deal Brexit. 2020 Honda Breeze is a sharper-looking CRV sibling with an Accord face. Uh, hmm, I don't... Hmm, ah, sorry, I can't rock it with you there, car scoops. Mercedes-AMG GT driver somehow crash lands onto a fire hydrant. And the photo... So, imagine... Oh, how would I put this properly? So, imagine... Imagine an adult wearing a fairly oversized diaper. Okay? And then imagine someone sticking a high-pressure water hose into one of the leg holes of said... Of that... Of said oversized diaper. And then them going up to full pressure. And then the water just spilling out everywhere in a flurry of, of H2O. That's, what the, that's what's happening right now. Water is spraying out of the wheel wells, out of the rear end, maybe out of the exhaust. And, and Yeah, yeah, that, that's what that looks like. That, <laughs> that's a shame. 2020 man, ETGE Combi is a 20-foot long electric minivan from the VW Group. 2020 VW Atlas Cross Sport adds itself to the SUV Coupe segment. Uh oh, oh wait it's out uh mm, I don't know huh. I'll have to sit on that one all new 2020 Isuzu D-Max brings big improvements across the board except silent Renault removes Bolar with immediate effect appoints Clotilde apologies if I got that wrong as interim CEO 
Hamilton disagrees with Ferrari possibly making Leclerc number one driver over Vettel. I think this is the one time where he is more likely than not wrong. Tesla targeting November unveiling for its electric pickup. Watch out, Alpha. Lancia launches Ypsilon Monogram Edition in Italy. Can we not? DS E-Tense FE20 Formula E-Car shows its new black and gold livery. New Chevrolet Corvette C8R's 5.5 liter flat plane crank V8 coming to a production model 2, apparently. Peugeot tip to kill the GTI nameplate. Replace it with Peugeot Sport Engineering. Couldn't they just call it PSE and be done with it? They were saying that they were killing GTI because it felt wrong to put it on an electric car, and I get that. But then they were also saying, why not just say GTE or something like that? But whatever, if you don't want to have GTI, although I think it's a mistake to get rid of a name with so much heritage, Peugeot's Peugeot Sport Engineering. Okay, cool, kind of like PVO, Performance Vehicle Operations, back from Dodge back in the 90s. Not bad, but I really hope that they don't go with the full name of Peugeot Sport Engineered. Not engineering, engineered. Just do PSE. Welcome to the future! New Toyota LQ concept uses AI to talk with you- No, I don't need voices in my head again. <laughs> 2020 Audi e-tron Sportback has no more secrets to hide thanks to these spy shots. Turkish president orders officials to start driving VW Passats for... Some- and Oh, oh, they're switching from their Audis! Why? Why would you switch from an Audi to a Passat? I mean, unless it's an A1, sure. If it's not, no. OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition, what a name. Smartphone launches in the UK from 799 pounds. Oh wow, I went way over. Anyway, I will see you all after the break. Are you a huge fan of Cody's Car Conundrum? You can now purchase Cody's Car Conundrum merch, which is long sleeve and short sleeve shirts on www.tidyurl.com slash merch. Now back to Cody at Cody's Car Conundrum. Alrighty, everyone, we are back and we're going to do the Supra recall. The BMW Group has issued a recall for most of its 2018 to 2020 vehicles, including select Rolls-Royce models and the 2020 Toyota Supra, due to an issue with the reversing camera. A recall notice published by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, reveals that the display settings of the affected vehicles can be changed so that the rear camera view is turned off when the, vehicle, when the car is in reverse. If such a change is made, the system will retain these settings the next time the car is driven. Oh, that's very odd. If all this sounds familiar, that's because no less than 1.2 million Nissan and Infiniti models were recalled last month for exactly the same issue. Consumer Reports notes that dealerships will update the reverse camera software free of charge to rectify the issue. The recall is expected to commence on November 19th, 2019. Impacted by the recall is the 2018 BMW 540D as well as the 2018 to 2019 640i X-Drive Gran Turismo and Rolls-Royce Phantom models. Affected vehicles from the 2018 to 2020 model years include the 530i, 530i X-Drive, 540i, 540i X-Drive, M550i X-Drive, the M5, the 530e, the 530e X-Drive, the X3s drive, the X3 X-Drive, the X3 M40i, and the X3 M. Sounds basically like all of their mid to higher up models. There are even more 2019 to 2020 vehicles involved, such as the X4 X-Drive, X4 M40i, X4 M40i. Why do you need so many letters and numbers in such a, in such a weird sequence? Good grief, BMW. The X4 M, the X7 X-Drive, 
the 740 Li, the, the 740 Li X-Drive, the 750 Li, the 750 Li X-Drive, the 8 Series Convertible and Coupe 840i, 840i X-Drive, the M850i X-Drive, doggone it, the X5 S-Drive, the X5 X-Drive, the X5 M50i, the X6 X-Drive, the X6 M50i, the 330i, the 330i X-Drive, the M3 40i, the M340i X-Drive, the Z4 S-Drive, the Z4 M40i, the 740LE X-Drive, and the 745LE X-Drive. Why, BMW? Good lord, don't know. Fix your naming strategy, that is all stupid. Also being recalled are the 2019 M850i X-Drive Grand Coupe, 2019 Rolls-Royce Cullinan, and the 2020 Toyota Supra models. If you happen to own a 2018, 2019, or 2020 BMW, BMW model in the U.S., we recommend heading to the NHTSA website and typing in your VIN to see if your, call, if your car is involved in the recall. Basically, if you own a 2018 to 2020 BMW and a 2019 to 2020 Toyota Supra, you might as well look. You might as well look. Good grief! And by the way, uh, yeah, the Detroit Free Press also butchered the accuracy on their headline. They said Ford dealership giving away guns and Bibles to lure in customers. The only thing that they're giving away is Bibles. They're not giving away guns. They're giving away vouchers to a sporting store to get guns. They're not giving... Good grief. How about this Porsche Macan? The upcoming all-electric replacement to the current Porsche Macan will use the new PPE platform being co-developed being co by Porsche and Audi. We've known about the electric second-generation Macan for quite a... Macan. Macan. For quite some time, and while speaking at the Frankfurt Motor Show, Porsche's director of SUVs, Julian Bauman, Bauman? Apologies. Told Autocar it will... In it, it will initially arrive in range-topping turbo guys. Oh, doggone it. And for a transitory period, be sold alongside the current ICE Macan. Audi and Porsche's PPE platform is a development of the J1 architecture used by the Porsche Taycan and set to underpin the production-spec Audi e-tron GT. Julian added that the use of this platform will allow the German car maker to give the electric Macan a unique look. There are no real differences in the challenges of developing the Taycan and the Macan. The current Macan is not so aerodynamic, and we're working hard on this, he revealed. It's the Taycan team working on it. With the Taycan, we haven't given anything up to get the aerodynamic performance, and I'm confident it will be the same for the Macan. The 600kg battery isn't beneficial to dynamics, but the low center of gravity is an advantage. Porsche aims to ensure the all-electric the all Macan is the sportiest model in the SUV segment, just like the current model, and said that the electric and ICE Macan will be sold alongside each other for a couple of years, likely varying between countries depending on the EV uptake of certain markets. The range-topping electric Macan Porsche Macan Turbo will feature two powerful electric motors powering all four wheels and up to 700 horsepower and 700 pound-feet of torque. Details about the vehicle's battery seat size remain to be seen. And now the C8, the C8 Corvette with its, well, the C8, C8 point R, or is it the C8R? I'm going to say C8.R just to irritate a few people. <laughs> Chevrolet has confirmed the Corvette C8.R's new 5.5 liter flat plane crank V8 will be offered in a forthcoming streetcar, probably the Z06. The American car manufacturer un unveiled the C8.R last week alongside the Corvette convertible, but failed to detail its powertrain. 
However, videos of the race car revving gave us a good inkling that it featured a flat plane crank, and yesterday, confirmation came that the race car does indeed use such a powertrain. Power from the 5.5 liter V8 sits at 500 horsepower and 480 pound-feet of torque. Figures roughly in line with what you'll find in the road-going Corvette Stingray, and in line with IMSA and FIA balance of performance measures or measurements. Arguably, even more arguably even more exciting than the fact that a Corvette race car with a new flat plane crank 5.5 liter V8 will soon be racing at tracks around the world is confirmation that under FIA rules, Chevrolet will have to produce at least 300 examples of a version of this engine for a streetcar. Yes, that means a future street legal variant of the C8 Corvette will use a V8 with a flat plane crank. Jalopnik reports. The Ford Mustang Shelby GT3 GT350 had better watch out. They don't even compete in the same market. You're talking about a mid-engine car here. Well, okay, I say that. The Mustang is a bit more of a pony car, despite the fact that the rear seats are completely useless. A Corvette Z06 would be a whole lot faster than a GT350. It wouldn't even be fair at all. Where Now, if a Camaro by any chance, now if that used a 5.5 liter flat plane crank V8, now then the GT350, oh, if it was a 1LE, by the way, if it was a 1LE, well then yes, then the Shelby GT350 better watch out. It remains to be seen if this engine will remain naturally aspirated when it is built for the road. If it does, then it is likely to be used by the next Z06 or ZR1, as both these models are expected to deliver more than 650 horsepower and 755 horsepower that they did in the C7. Perhaps a new Corvette Grand Sport with this bespoke engine will come? Sounds good to us. If we get a Grand Sport, I severely hope that they would have this, fi this, this flat plane crank V8, but that it would be naturally aspirated. Unless, of course, that they can figure out how to keep the engine cooled in a, in a Z06-like vehicle and not have it heat soak terribly, but we'll see. Lamborghini allegedly developing a Ventura SVR with 830 horsepower naturally aspirated V12. All the yes. Every single yes. Let's get on to that Charger Scat Pack widebody pricing. Dodge has announced pricing on its new 2020 Dodge Charger Scat Pack widebody, and the pricing might shock some people. The 485 horsepower 6.4 liter 392 cubic inch, a bit redundant personally, Hemi V8 powered four-door sedan will start at a US MSRP of $45,995, including $1,495 for, for the destination charge. That means the Charger Scat Pack widebody will undercut the two-door Challenger RT Scat Pack widebody by $250 and will be a $6,000 premium over the non-widebody Charger Scat Pack model. So what does that $6,000 premium get you over the standard over the standard 2020 Charger Scat Pack? New integrated fender flares add 3.5 inches of width to the Charger Scat Pack body. This makes room for a new set of 20 inch by 11 inch Devil's Rim Split 5 spoke wheels riding on Pirelli 305R35ZR20 tires. The Scat Pack wide body also gets an upgraded specially tuned suspension with Bilstein 3 mode adaptive damping, standard electronic power steering or EPS for better steering feel, as well as the wider wheels and tires to reach unprecedented levels of lateral grip, acceleration and braking, delivering its best on-road and on-track performance levels ever. Suspension upgrades for the 2020 Charger Scat Pack wide body include modified springs, sway bars and shocks, increased front spring rakes, Increased front spring rates are 27% stiffer. Larger rear sway bar expanding from 9, 19 millimeters to 22 millimeters. Revised damper calibration to match 
to match suspension tuning revisions. The 2020 Charger Scat Pack Widebody builds on the stellar attributes of the Scat Pack, improving street grip and road, cor road course performance compared with the non-widebody Charger Scat Pack. It delivers 0 to 60 miles per hour in 4.3 seconds, a quarter mile ET in 12.4 seconds at 111 miles per hour and pulls 0.98 G on the skid pad, lateral, G, uh, lateral grip of course and breaks from 60 to 0 in 107 feet and finishes 1.3 seconds faster on a 2.1 mile road course which is equal to 8 car lengths per lap. Ordering for this naturally aspirated sedan will begin soon with cars arriving in showrooms in the first quarter of 2020. For more information visit Dodge.com or your local Dodge SRT dealer. And on a similar note, the Hellcat widebody. Since late June, the MopartInsiders.com e email <laughs> Email box has been flooded with emails asking about pricing for the 2020 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat Widebody. Earlier today, Dodge SRT answered the question by releasing pricing for the 707 horsepower fastest muscle sedan for the new model year. As many of you know, the 2020 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat is only available with the Widebody package. The new Widebody package allows the car to run 0 to 60 miles per hour in a time of 3.6 seconds, a quarter mile time of 10.96 seconds, and a top speed of 196 miles per hour, 8 miles per hour slower than the 2019 non-widebody car. Dodge SRT says the 2020 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat will start at a US MSRP of $69,645. That price does not include the $1,495 destination charge. The current 2019 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat carries a starting MSRP of $67,495, including destination, so the 2020 car holds a $2,150 premium over the outgoing model. Dodge SRT also officially released pricing on the limited edition Dodge 2020 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat Daytona Widebody, the 717 horsepower, yeah, in fact, the Daytona gets the Challenger Hellcat, uh, upgrade but the normal one doesn't the 717 horsepower four-door sedan will be limited to only 501 units and has a starting msrp of seventy-four thousand one hundred and forty dollars excluding destination personally i don't see why it's that much more expensive ordering for the supercharged sedans will begin soon with cars arriving in showrooms in the first quarter of 2020 for more information visit dodge.com or your local dodge srt dealer and with that i will see you all after the break Did you know Cody does more than just tell the news? He's writing articles on cars as well. Be sure to check him out on Mopar Insiders at http colon forward slash forward slash www.moparinsiders.com and on Drive Tribe at http colon forward slash forward slash www.drivetribe.com now back to Cody at Cody's Car Conundrum. Alrighty, everyone, we're back with the last part. VW Arteon <laughs> misses out on IIHS top safety pick over poor LED headlights. Select Jeep Wrangler mail carriers have seat buckle. Wait, 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 wait. Have seat buckle issues. Who is using a Jeep Wrangler as a mail carrier? What? Okay. What? I'm lost. The U.S. to create purpose-built hydrogen hydrogen disaster relief vehicle. Porsche will make a premium flying car with... Please, God, no, no. Why do you need a flying car? 
This is what I don't get. You already need a flying license to get a helicopter. You already need to get a driver's license to drive a car by yourself. Getting, having a car doesn't mean you won't need a flying license because flying is different from driving. You might as well just get a helicopter or a tiny little Cessna. Either way, you're gonna have to learn to fly. A flying car is a, is a dumb solution. Is a, is a dumb solution to a problem really no one with enough money has. If you, look, okay, for, forgive my harshness, but if you just work hard enough to be able to afford a small little, a small aircraft, a Cessna, or maybe a really, really inexpensive helicopter, I don't know how expensive helicopters get, and you can afford to take the flying test, there you go! Seriously, having a flying car is... Well, I say it's not going to be more expensive. I don't know that. What I do know is this. That's not going to negate the need to learn how to fly. And if you're going to need to learn how to fly, why not just get some, Why not just get a purpose-built machine to do it? 2021 Toyota Mirai Fuel Cell Concept Previews More Attractive Rear-Wheel Drive Production Model. And you know what? I think Toyota might be finally getting it. And what I mean by that is it's not front-wheel drive and it doesn't look like a slightly more premium Prius. This is actually an attractive... It's an, it's an attractive hydrogen vehicle, fuel cell, well, either way, and it looks like it might be the size of a Porsche, and, and I'll say this, I'm not quite a, I'm not that much of a fan of the front end, I think it's a bit too big, the grill's too big, however, imagine if Toyota made more rear-wheel drive sedans, imagine if they did that, more, they'd be more fun. Among many other things, the Charger thrives because it's a rear-wheel drive V8 family sedan. If Toyota, I'm not even saying they have to make it a V8, but if they made a rear-wheel drive, maybe high high output V6, you know how many people would jump on that? I mean, I hope I hope more people would jump on it than what you know than the bland stuff Toyota had because they're doing a bit better now. But seriously, and this Toyota seems seems to actually get the picture that okay, we want people to buy sedans again. Well, they gotta be and comfortable, of course. They have to be comfortable. But they gotta be fun. They gotta be fun to drive, good looking, and maybe they have to be rear wheel drive. Because maybe that's where that's where sedans are gonna get away from this SUV uh, CUV craze. Is most of them are front wheel drive, and it makes sense. Or well, front wheel drive or all wheel drive or four wheel drive. So maybe sedans now need to move to rear wheel drive to di differentiate themselves more, to give buyers a reason, an actual reason to buy sedans now. And maybe on top of that, if like if they made a rear-wheel drive Corolla that had 230 horsepower, all just on it, I would be that would be the four-door BRZ of the market. If Dodge, if Dodge took that the 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 Mexican Neon and made that rear-wheel drive and stuck, let's see, let's see what engine they don't really have one. If, let's say they stuck the 1.3 liter four-cylinder in it and made it a bit more powerful, gave it at least 200 horsepower. That would be epic! I don't think it's gonna happen. I'll admit that much. That wouldn't happen. That would be too expensive. But if Dodge made a neon-sized rear-wheel drive four-door sedan that was comfortable, that was fast, that was fun to drive, and I, I might not have said this already, or I might have said this already, but affordable as well, and good-looking, which it probably would be because FCA's designers are on fire right now, wouldn't that be epic? And I'm sure you're saying, yeah, but they tried that with the dark. But I'm saying rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive, may, even if it was just a mid-size, if they made a rear-wheel drive mid-size, that would be epic. And it could exist because Alpha is a bit more luxurious and a lot more expensive. 
So an Avenger wouldn't encroach on the Julia because that targets a different that targets a different demographic, and and on top of that, a different set of people that can that can afford such a vehicle, which actually was what they were supposed to do back in the back in one of the older five-year plans, and hopefully, hopefully they still go with that because that would be epic. That would be epic. Dodge, if you're listening, Ralph, if you're listening, I need me a rear-wheel drive Dodge Avenger. <laughs> I need me a rear-wheel drive high-output V6 Dodge Avenger. That's what I want. But I suppose actually we should talk about this vehicle rather than me rambling on about it. Toyota has revealed the 2021 Mirai concept, essentially a production-ready preview of the second iteration of the brand's hydrogen fuel cell electric sedan that will go on sale in select markets in late 2020. The original Mirai that debuted in 2015 had many things going for it, including being the first production hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicle, or FCEV, offered for sale to, resell to retail customers in North America. But desirability was not one of the was not of its strong was not one of its strong suits. Let's say with the new model, Toyota is rebooting the series with a more coupe and Lexus and less Prius inspired design. While surprisingly ditching the first Mirai's more common front-wheel drive architecture for a sportier rear-wheel drive setup, all in the name of creating a more desirable car. The chief engineer of the Mirai, can't really pronounce their name, I'm sorry, explains, We have pursued making a car that customers feel like driving all the time. A car that has emotional and attractive design appeal, as well as dynamic and responsive driving performance that can bring a smile to the faces of drivers. He said, I want customers to say, to stay. No, no, he says say. I want customers to say, I choose the Mirai not because of it, not because it's an FCEV, but because I really wanted this car, and it just happened to be an FCEV. So uh, it kind of sounds like what he's saying is, I wanted this car because I didn't want the Kia Stinger. Not, not an unadmirable car to go after, I'll be honest. I'm not so sure how competitive it'll be against the Stinger, because it's an FCEV, but we'll, I'll have to do a comparison, because in fact, it seems like they have some stats. I know an article I'm making soon. <laughs> the production nature of the 2021 Mirai is evident from the down-to-earth interior too, which, for the most part, avoids the excessive and off-putting design language of its predecessor. Aside from the standard 8-inch digital instrument panel and the Toyota Premium Multimedia Infotainment System with a 12.3-inch high-resolution TFT touchscreen, there will also be an available digital rear-view mirror displaying images from a camera. With a similar footprint to the Lexus GS, the second-generation Mirai rides on Toyota's global rear-wheel drive platform, which should make it a lot more engaging behind the wheel. It also promises to deliver a 30% increase in range, exceeding 390 miles between refueling. That's getting with the program! Said to have been achieved by an, by an improvement in fuel cell system performance and increased hydrogen storage capacity. Unlike regular electric cars, the Mirai generates its own electricity on board from hydrogen and oxygen, emitting water as the only byproduct. A big advantage over conventional battery-powered cars is that a fill-up takes only about 5 minutes at an SAE-conforming hydrogen refueling station, which sounds great, until you consider that there's only a handful of places that offer hydrogen, for now at least. That's why currently, Toyota only plans to sell the new Mirai in California and Hawaii. Though it said that there are new stations planned for the Northeast and other areas. We'll know more at the end of the month when Toyota brings brings it to the 2019 Tokyo Motor Show that runs from October 24th through November 4th. I have got to get on an article for that. A number of right-hand drive Jeep Wranglers used by mail services in rural America are being recalled. What? The Wranglers in question, which leave the factory in right-hand drive configuration, 
probably aren't very familiar to city dwellers across the United States, but are more important for those who live in more rural areas to ensure they receive their mail-in parcels. A notice filed by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, from, from FCA reveals that the driver's seat buckle of their Wranglers can separate from the frame and eventually break. They spell break wrong. If this were to happen, the driver may be at an, at an increased risk of injury in a crash. Jeep built these right-hand drive models from 2011 through to the 2018 model year. FCA says it will notify owners of these issues with dealerships replacing the driver's seat belt, seat belt buckle free of charge. The recall is expected to begin on November 15th, 2019 and all up. A total of 11,456 Jeep Wrangler mail carriers need their driver's seat buckle replaced. 2021 Toyota RAV4 plug-in hybrid teased debuts in Los Angeles. Fiat 500X 120th Anniversary Edition coming stateside. Costs $25,735. Ford teases six different Rangers for SEMA, including an aggressive something edition. Tijin? Good grief. 2020 Nissan Juke first drive reviews shows improve reviews show improvements on all sides, and I need to do a specific episode for that car. Chevrolet projects for SEMA could be in jeopardy over UAW strikes. Where is my tablet so I can make a note of the fact that I need to do? Oh, it's over there. Anyway, 2020 Toyota Super gets a booing modular exhaust from MagnaFlow, and that is going to be it for us today. I hope you all enjoyed. Don't forget to like, comment, and share this. Follow if you're on Podbean. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And if you do hit that subscribe button, make sure to ring the little notification bell. That way you're notified every time we upload. I hope you all enjoyed the recent numbers on the podcast because I just saw this. We're 8,916. We're very close to the big 9-0. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. I will see you soon. You've just listened to me. Probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.